0: BDC, the Bank for Canadian Entrepreneurs, is a proud partner of the Startup Women podcast. BDC is here for women entrepreneurs in their efforts to move forward and achieve their business goals. To meet their specific needs, BDC provides financing, strategic advice, and has a wide selection of free resources. Find out more at bdc.ca forward
1: slash women. BDC is here for what's ahead.
0: Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Startup Women podcast. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com.
1: You're listening to the Startup Women podcast on the Startup Canada podcast network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Startup Women podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools and all of the support that you need to make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada. Canada's entrepreneurship organization, and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, CEO at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Zoe Schwan on our show today. Zoe is a certified entrepreneurship and business coach and a disabled entrepreneur coach leading at Zoe Schwan Business Corner. She works with disabled entrepreneurs who want to start and or grow their businesses. She also provides content creation, copywriting, ghostwriting, editing and blogging support for her clients and consults with other businesses. In addition to her coaching, she is a business mentor at Incubator 13, where she mentors youth entrepreneurs. Welcome to the show, Zoe. Thank you so much uh, for
0: inviting me. I'm so honored
1: to be here. And I I love the little bio
0: you you have of me. It's so perfect. (laughs)
1: There you go. Amazing. Isn't it nice having people talk about how great we are?
0: <laughs> it really is. I'm, I'm just getting used to it still. It's very awkward. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. well, well, I'm so excited about bringing this bio to life. Um, so before we dive into the nuts and bolts of today's conversation, what's really the one key takeaway you want our audience to, to take away from our chat?
0: I think kind of my main thing is not to be afraid to ask questions and not to be afraid to be open and to, um, to learn about other people and be curious, I think is kind of my main message.
1: <laughs> I love that. Be curious. That That is a great one. So let's let's dive into your entrepreneurial journey. Walk us through from the very beginning. Um, why did you launch um, your business corner? What did that look like in its infancy? And where are you at now? Uh,
0: well, it started about five years ago when I was working as a part-time receptionist and I got laid off um so I started blogging just for fun because I had always wanted to and I figured I had the time so why not so I started doing that and then kind of as I kept going I realized how much I loved it people started asking me to write and edit their stuff um so I slowly turned that into a business and started actually my first business was called worded up Because first I just focused on the writing and editing portion of everything. And then the pandemic hit, and I started talking around the exact same time, talking to Sebastian, who works at Incubator 13, and he asked me to come on as a mentor, which I had never done before. So it was extremely (coughs) nerve-wracking. Sorry, nerve-wracking. But I said, sure, I'd love to help. So I did that. And honestly, the rest just kind of fell into place. Mm. I
1: I love that, sort of the entrepreneurship out of necessity and then bringing it to life later on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, like, it kind of just happened on its own, like, I started mentoring and I realized, um, it just turned out that a few of my first mentees were disabled and I am too Mm. and I figured that it was a good fit and then I realized that this type of service is not available really here in Ottawa and I was shocked. Mm. So I decided to do it myself. (laughs)
1: Amazing that I mean you're filling a clear need as yeah. every entrepreneur is trying to, um, but I love that 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 sort of uh, that evolution of where you started and now where you're ending up and supporting really incredible you know other entrepreneurs and, and business leaders. So we're going to be doing a deep dive into accessibility in this episode, but just to level set the playing field a little bit and to begin, what does accessibility really mean to you? What's your definition?
0: Just accessibility. That's a really good question. Um, I think. It's um, making for society to make places and opportunities and items accessible to everyone, not just people who aren't disabled. So whether that be in a physical environment with a ramp or whether that be um, elevators, example, Mm. (laughs) same same idea. Um, So for places that would kind of be how that could look. And about questioning assumptions and judgments about people. Um, I think it's an often often made assumption that people who are disabled aren't able to run their own business or aren't able to be employed or able to do things. And I think that's what I'm kind of working towards is opening up that conversation with everyone and realizing that that just because you're disabled it doesn't mean that you can't do anything basically.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Um, And what do you think are really the biggest mistakes that businesses make that create inaccessible spaces? Because I know, even thinking myself, um, there could be mistakes that many business owners are making without (laughs) even realizing it. So what does that look like? What would be those biggest mistakes?
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. We're all learning as we go, right? Like, I still am. I still don't think I'm fully accessible to everyone. I still make mistakes. Um, I still say things that may not be the best. So this is not at all about lecturing or about pointing the finger or anything like that. It's just about starting the conversation, really. Um, And I think basically that's the most important thing is to just ask your clients, what do you need? Do you need any special accommodations? How can I help you? Just being open to those questions and answers and questioning your own assumptions about people, I think, is also important. Um, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but 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 that's kind of kind of the the basic thing. And I like this is so um, socially ingrained in everyone, right? Like this is not this is not um, I don't know. It's not rare for people to to make these mistakes or to not know exactly what to do because we haven't been taught properly, I think, in society yet.
1: I agree. And I think from, you know, if I think of even my own experience, um, you know, not having the information and the requests for you know making our digital content accessible or in-person spaces, um, making those those components accessible. What I found such an interesting journey for myself is, um, you know, are are we not serving this community and therefore they're not coming yeah. to our programs or our events, or is there not a community to serve? And I think it's definitely the former. Uh, but I think many organizations struggle with that. That you know, how do you make your your programming either in-person or digital really accessible? Um, and inviting people into that space is to even get that feedback to make it better. Um, So how do you recommend even beginning that conversation?
0: I honestly just recently started um, getting closed captioning on my own Zoom account. I didn't know up until I think a week or two ago how to do that. Mm -hmm. I think these things are so almost well hidden. Like people don't look at it, don't think about it, don't care really. And um I think that's the problem, is that um, it's not something people think about right now, and it's just, it's time to change that, and I think, for example, I was at a webinar a few months ago, and there was someone there who asked, will this event be closed captioned, and their response was just, no, it won't, and to me, that was shocking, because the person then had to leave, which, I mean, it's just really sad that they didn't have access, but also the fact that they didn't even apologize to this person. They didn't even stop and say, like, oh, wow, that's a good question. I'll look into it for next time or I figure out how to do that. Nothing like that. It was just a flat out no. And I think stuff like that is just shocking to me.
1: Mm, agreed. And so looking at, you know, how startups and entrepreneurs even in the infancy of their businesses cuz I know, you know, cash is tight, you're focusing on so many different things that this priority can often be missed. And yeah. that, you know, is not the tone that we want to set or or, you know, support moving forward. So are there any concrete actions that small businesses when they're first starting out or prompts that they can think through accessibility in their business and really make some incremental changes during the infancy of their projects?
0: Um, again, I think asking about accommodations, um,
1: if you have a physical, Mm. yeah,
0: honestly, asking what people need, asking how to make it accessible to people, something needs to be taken into consideration, and things need to be, I guess the word would be reimagined, kind of, Mm. just kind of re-established, re-thought about, and I think that, When you have, let's say, an accessible business, you have an elevator or a ramp, you need to make that, be proud of it and make it make it open and show people that, yes, you are accessible. And I think just creating a safe space is important. I think emotionally a safe space where people feel comfortable to tell you and feel comfortable to ask. I think that's also a big one that people, people forget and I think would be so easy to implement.
1: I agree absolutely, and so the, through your conversations, you also host disabled entrepreneurs focus groups and various meetups, uh, and I imagine those are happening digitally at the moment. Yes, digitally <laughs> in person eventually. Um, what are the common concerns that you're hearing from the community during those events? Is it um, you know about tools or, or supports? Um, is it you know airing concerns that that are sort of shared within that community? What are you hearing in those focus groups and meetups?
0: Well, it's really exciting, this project I've been doing, as again with Incubator 13, with um, Sebastian, who is the lead of that program, we kind of got and start talking about how this um, there's, there's a need for these kinds of discussions and um, services, even we're actually planning on putting together a program specifically for disabled entrepreneurs in the future. So um, we are looking into getting grants and funding and all that. But in the meantime, we figured alongside that, why don't we just start talking to people? Anyone who's interested, anyone who's in the disability space, tap it at 20 people every time to keep it intimate and to keep it comfortable and it's just very casual. We talk about um, anything that's kind of pressing at the time. Um, It's really, really great, like I get so excited because I feel like we're having the conversations that really need to be had. Like, for example, last just last week we had ours and we talked about language and kind of how to have people identify um, what kind of what people are saying right now, what is okay, what isn't okay, and how to learn and how to grow. And I think that just all these conversations are so important and it can get really emotional and really, um, really intense, but I, I love it. It's so great.
1: Do you have a concrete example of, of language that's inaccessible or not intentionally potentially isolating those? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, well, right now there's a big movement towards saying disabled person as opposed to mm. a person with a disability. And this is so personal. though, Like, I know there are a lot of people out there and I was used to be one of them that would have preferred it the other way around, to be honest. Um, so, I'm um, again, I'm not here to judge. If people do identify that way, obviously, that's okay. I'm just saying that people, some people right now believe that saying person with a disability is basically the same as saying person with whiteness or person with blonde hair. So it's kind of like not making it part of the person's identity, hmm. making it something that almost you need to distance yourself from or stay away from.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that right now that's kind of what people are talking about.
1: Interesting. And so what is the right answer? How do you as an organization, as or a startup or a business approach that conversation to try to be inclusive, but accommodating various different perspectives? What's, what's the right answer for, for businesses? There is no right thinking... answer. No, there we go. I'll be honest. There really isn't. We were yeah. talking
0: about it last week and the kind of, One of the underlying reasons we're doing this, as I said, is to start our own program in the future. And we don't even know how to advertise. We don't even know what to say or what to call it because we don't want to make anyone feel excluded and we don't want to make anyone feel like they don't want to work with us because of the words we use, for example. So we don't even know. Honestly, we're still trying to figure it out ourselves.
1: Incredible. Well, I think the first step is, as as you mentioned, just having these conversations and then taking those insights um, and, and from an education piece, bringing everybody on board. I think, you know, we all need to do our research, support all communities when we're creating accessible programming, because um, I think that's been a really big gap in the shift, particularly with COVID. Yeah, that, definitely. you know, this narrative we keep hearing is, you know, oh, now we're, we're not in person. So now there's even more access to programs and, you know, we can engage in all these different different ways. Um, For those that, um, you know, can't engage and and watch programming, Mm -hmm. or those that are hearing impaired, or, you know, there are other barriers that are presented by digital programming that many are not thinking through, because it might not be something that you personally are coping. Yeah, exactly. um, Which is challenging. So have the, has the shift um, that we've seen with COVID-19 uh, made spaces more accessible to you digitally? What does that look like for you personally?
0: So much more accessible. Um, I'm able to now go to two or three events in a day because it's just from my bedroom. And mm. it's just, it's so much easier because for me, getting around was always part of the issue. I um, With a mobility aid, it was hard to commute sometimes, relying on paratransport, which sadly we all know is not the most reliable. Mm. So yeah. Um, just being able to attend events all the time has been really amazing.
1: Amazing. I, I love that. I myself I even <laughs> have found that, you know, I'm I'm going to events all of the time and there are good things coming out of COVID in, in many ways. So it's good Definitely. to look at the positives.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. And I think it started the conversation a little bit for people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's great.
1: Yeah, what has been easier and what has been harder. It's almost like you need yeah. that comparison and seeing, you know, how we can in this new world order, you know, when things are going back into hybrid modes, um there might be more space to have these accessible conversations because we'll be doing different types of programming, um potentially with two different options, which could be great. Yeah, exactly. So what advice would you have or give aspiring women entrepreneurs, particularly those with a disability, what resources exist as of right now and potentially what is a call to action for resources that need to be built for the community? Yeah,
0: I think we definitely need more resources. Um, There is... There are some resources out there right now for people with disabilities, see, I even make the mistake, so for disabled people who are are looking for employment. So there is help out there for that, which I have access to in the past. Um, Organizations like Causeway, um, March of Dimes, I believe, Live, Work, Play. So there are a few different places that help with that. So that is great. I do think though, that there needs to be more resources and more not availability, but more um, opportunities for people to just talk about all of this and to more support groups, which I honestly haven't looked much for yet. So so I'm not going <laughs> to lie and say that there isn't anything out there, but it is very hard to find, I think, is the issue.
1: Mm. I mean, and you're hosting them yourself, so even if you haven't looked elsewhere, you're, you know, creating these focus groups and meetups, so you know of that one.
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm trying, I'm trying.
1: Uh, And in terms of, you know, resources that that you found helpful as a business owner in general, what what advice would you have for those that are potentially building, um, you know, consulting businesses or those that are are building, um, you know, spaces for themselves and, you know, this entrepreneurship out of necessity sort of narrative that we spoke to earlier? Any advice for women entrepreneurs generally?
0: Yeah, I think um, (laughs) I spent some time last night trying to figure out the perfect thing to say, (laughs) and it's always hard, but I think what I kind of want to put out there is to give yourself permission to be disabled. I think Mm -hmm. that is so important and that's kind of what helped me. I mean, I've been disabled my whole life, so since birth, so it's not new to me, but what is new to me is this newfound acceptance I think that I have of it. Mm -hmm. And it all started years ago when I started needing a mobility aid. I started needing a walker to get around. And to Mm -hmm. me, For whatever reason, I don't know how it worked, that it opened up the world to me. I was able to get around, I was able to not worry as much about what people thought, and I know that sounds like the opposite from what people would have said, but with a walker, I felt like I almost had permission to, like, I wobble when I walk, so I might look funny sometimes, or I might cough more than others, so I felt like I had the permission to do those things without worrying. I don't know if that makes sense, but kind of just realizing that it was okay to do all of that. And it's part of who I am. And it's not something to be ashamed of.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and I think creating these safe spaces where you're meeting, you know, other entrepreneurs with a disability and having these conversations. Also, you know, entrepreneurship is incredibly lonely. And I can imagine yeah. that you're also dealing with these additional yeah, insecurities definitely. or challenges or barriers. Um, you need safe spaces to talk about that.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's, it's so important to talk about and also I want to say that this isn't something that happens overnight like it's not like Mm -hmm. I woke up one day and was like all of a sudden okay with everything it still is (laughs) it's it's a process right and I mean I still have days today
1: where,
0: where I sometimes don't feel as happy about my life or I'm more frustrated by things but it's a process and I think it's okay to to have those bad days and to accept that i think that's kind of what i'm talking about is acceptance that there will be good days there will be bad days but overall it's okay
1: Hmm. i love that 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 stands true (laughs) every single second of every single day (laughs) especially (laughs) right now i think definitely especially right now yeah and just that that being easy on yourself a little bit, you know, it, yes. it is incredibly challenging at oh, you yes. know the best of times and we need to give ourselves a bit of grace in, you know, we're doing the best we can here.
0: Yeah. And I think it's just about learning to own it, to kind of mm. own who you are and just realize, yes, I'm disabled. This is who I am. And I feel like people feel that on you. They feel that kind of level of comfort. And then in turn they might even feel comfortable Approaching you, for example, about it.
1: Hmm. Absolutely. So, any any final words of wisdom or, or lessons that you wish you had learned? Um, an easier way at the beginning of starting your business, or any any final prompts you want to leave our audience with today, Zoe? Before we sign off.
0: To know that you can do it. To know that that you are able to. Um, there are resources out there. There are mainly there are other people out there. I'm sure who have done it. People you can look up to. People you can build a network with. And I think that's part of the process is kind of having those people that you can look up to. I have um, my favorite influencers are YouTubers are um, called Squirmy and Grubs, and I don't know if anyone's heard of them, but they're an interabled couple. So the Shane has is in a wheelchair and it's about him and his wife and they just talk about their lives. And that's kind of over a year ago, I started watching them and I realized that all of this was possible. And I think that that's a big, a big thing to create that environment, that community for yourself.
1: Mm. And and that's I think such a beautiful illustration, like seeing these stories in real time that you know you can access YouTube and see yeah. all of these different um, you know people potentially all across the country and all across the world that yeah. expands your community out. It's not just a local feel as well. We have this opportunity to have a national conversation about accessibility and you know see how people are, are navigating various challenges and what opportunities lie ahead.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, another thing I wanted to just very briefly talk about, because I know we're ending now. Go for it. Um, something that I had taken here as a note that I find is important is that people can realize that even if maybe right now you don't, you're not disabled or there's no health issues that you're worried about, it can happen any day. Like, even just mm. an accident can wind you up in a wheelchair, right? I mean, it's so... um I don't want to sound like all like doom and gloom, but I just mean it. It's possible, and like you never know what happens, and that's why it's important to have these conversations and to make things accessible, because you never know when you can need it one day, right? Like,
1: that's a really yeah. That's I mean a very sobering thought. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. But I, I, I did to end on
0: such a dark note, <laughs> no, but I just I have it here in my notes, and I realized I hadn't said it yet.
1: <laughs> that's great. Well, and I think it it makes it. Um, you know, it, it lands potentially a little bit heavier on, you know, how could this potentially impact me one day now yeah. that we should always be looking for something no. self-serving. But, um, but, but you're absolutely right. And all of us are going to age. You know, there are <laughs> moments and and areas that, you know, things will become less and less accessible as we just yeah. grow up. <laughs> um, so I think this conversation around, you know, creating these spaces um, now and to serve us in the future, that's something that can, can definitely resonate with everybody. So I think that, that's actually, a fantastic note to awesome. end on Zone. I think that's really important <laughs> hmm well, thank you so much, Zoe, for joining us on the Startup Women podcast um, and and you know sharing your story um, and providing some really concrete advice and some really great perspective. I've really really appreciated this conversation. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for for having me. It's it's been amazing.
1: Well, we wish you the best of luck, Zoe. We look forward to seeing how you continue your focus groups and meetups um, and keep us posted on any programming. This could be an incredible um, you know moment for the community and, and Startup Canada is here to support in whatever way we can. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Women podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, VDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook resources for women entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rick Spence and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to choose to challenge the status quo and unleash the economic potential of women.